Good morning, South Union Christian Church. My name is Mark. I'm the youth minister here, um, and I'm excited to talk to you you this morning. Uh, I want to start off by talking about a a person in history, one of my favorite people I've ever uh, learned about. I've gotten to read some of his books. You may have heard of him, uh, you may not have, but his name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, He is a prominent figure in the Church of Germany during the rise of Nazi ideology. So right in the middle of World War II, right before that, he was in Germany. Um, He was a German pastor. And from as early as 1933, he was openly protesting against the regime and their practices, very outwardly protesting them to the point where he often had to go into hiding, had to flee from the country, um, do ministry in other places. But he was always trying to get back to Germany and try and, and do uh, church work there in, in that country. Uh, and in fact, in 1945, he was executed months before the war ended um, because he was directly connected with a, a plot to assassinate Hitler. He was very involved in, in trying to save his country uh, for Christ, but also just pushing forward the mission of the church. And he's a very interesting figure. There's a bunch of biographies, uh, and if you want to check it out like after this, I would definitely say do it. He's a very cool guy, and he writes a lot of cool stuff. Um, but in the years before he died, before he got caught and all that stuff, um, he actually ran this underground seminary, this illegal seminary for young pastors in Germany, and there are about 25 of them, and he really just spent several years um, pouring into the lives of these young pastors. And during that time, he wrote what many to believe uh, to be one of the best uh, books ever written on Christian community called Life Together. Um, and as I was preparing for this week, um, I read a quote from it. I, I've been looking over it for some other stuff I've been talking about. And I read a quote from it that really just stuck out to me. And I really want to focus on that this morning. Um, in, in that book, Bonhoeffer says, The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community even uh, if their intentions are ever so earnest. But the person who loves the people around them, who loves those around them, will create community. And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about um, service, and we've talked a lot about our programming, how you can get involved, how you can get connected here in the life of the church. And in a lot of ways, what we're doing here at South Union is we're trying to create a community to impact the larger community of Bloomington and the surrounding areas. Uh, We want South Union to be a community that has each other's backs. Uh, We want to be growing together in faith and in discipline. We not only want you to be growing closer to God, but we want you to be growing closer to each other as well. And to do that in the best way possible, we try to give a lot of opportunities. Uh, we, we, try to, we offer small groups. We offer um, getting involved in kids and youth ministry. We, we, get, we offer um, participating in service projects. Uh, we try to give uh, Bible studies, prayer nights, worship nights. We want to give ways for you to get involved. And I know as a leader, it's really easy to look at all these things and the idea of what we want to happen here at South Union, and it's really easy to fall into the trap that Bonhoeffer kind of uh, points out to us here. The trap of um, loving maybe the community, the dream of the community, more than the community itself. 
And, and whether you're in leadership or not, um, I'm sure we all have an idea of a community we would like to be a part of. Um, we have an, an idea of uh, what a community that we would l like to be a part of would look like. Maybe um, that community is very focused on, on uh, the purpose that we, we see is for our life. Maybe we see that as a community that's encouraging us, that's lifting us up, that's connected in a, in a deep way. Um, maybe you're part of something like that right now. Maybe um, you feel like you're part of something and it's almost good. Like there's just a few things, like if this person was involved or this person wasn't involved, if we were more, more focused on this, if we were less focused on that, like if we could all just come together around this thing, then, then it would be perfect. Um, maybe uh, you don't really have an idea of what I'm talking about at all. Maybe you've never really been a part of a community that you felt was actually um, good. Maybe you've never been part of a community that was actually life-giving. And I'll be honest, I love my dream of community. Uh, I can fall into that trap a lot. And I think if you've been a part of a community that you love at certain times, or if you are a part of a community that you love, it's really easy to just really fall in love with that. And anytime you feel like, you know, we could be doing this better or that better, you, you get so focused on, um, you know, trying to get that to happen that you forget the people that are around you. Um, we love... I think it's easy for us to, to be a part of a community and see the needs and the deficiencies and think, oh, wow, they could be doing that better, or, man, why aren't they doing this? And we sit back and compare our community with our dream of community. But Bonhoeffer warns, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. So if we want to create community here, we need to love the people around us, not the people we wish were around us, not the people that we would like to be around us, but the people who are around us. Author Shane Claiborne, he connects Bonhoeffer's quote with another common phrase um, that you'll see in a lot of intentional communities. Actually, every time I've heard about it, uh, it's, been hung over the, uh, it's been hung over the sink. Uh, and this phrase is, everyone wants a revolution, but nobody wants to do the dishes. Um, and I think that we can get there a lot. We like the idea. We, we like the mission. But when it comes down to the actual work, when it comes down to the little things that it takes uh, to, to be connected with a group of people, um, even the littlest tasks like doing the dishes, um, we tend to let that slip. The leadership in this church will try and help you be in a part of a community in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, anyone who wants to be a part of a community has to create part of that themselves. They have to have a part in creating that themselves. They have to love the people around them. They have to be willing to roll up their sleeves and do the dishes. The last couple of weeks in youth group, we've actually been talking about community. That's why I was kind of looking through that book again that I read in college, Life Together. Um, and we've been talking about what it means to follow Jesus together. And, and as we've been doing that, we've been going through the book of Philippians. And every time I read the book of Philippians, I think I'm reminded that it might be my favorite book of the Bible. I don't know if you're allowed to have favorite books, but I think it's my favorite book of the Bible. Um, I'm, I love feel-good movies. Like, that's, that's my jam. I love just sitting down 
down and watching a movie that makes me feel good. Like, I'd rather watch, like, Ferris Bueller and School of Rock and Princess Bride, like, any day of the week. Like, those movies that you can just go in and you know there's low stakes, and, and at the end of it, you're just going to feel, feel better. You know, it's a good movie. And I feel like um, the, the, the letter to the Philippians by Paul is kind of like Paul's feel-good movie of a letter because um, he's just excited to talk to them. I feel like it's like one of Paul's only letters that he's not like kind of mad or upset with the people he's writing to. Um, I feel like all of his letter, other letters start off like, hey, uh, grace to you, but you're doing everything wrong. And, but Philippians is just like, hey, you guys are doing great, and I just want to encourage you. Um, and I love it because it, it, it kind of just shows us a picture of a community that, that Paul thought was doing a lot of things right. Uh, and so it's fun to read through that and just see what Paul says to a healthy church. And a big theme throughout the entire letter is unity. Over and over again, he talks about unity. He uses the Greek word koinonia, which is just this idea of participation, but like more than like a deep participation, like it's community that has a purpose, you know? And he just keeps, he keeps using that word and, and he keeps pushing them towards it. Um, when I was in college, I went to Bible college, obviously, and so we all learned about, like, Greek words and stuff, and, and the joke was uh, any time that we hung out together, we were like, let's get some koinonia, but we shortened it to, like, just some sweet coin, you know? Let's get together and have some sweet coin together. It was weird. Bible, Bible nerds are weird. Um, but anyway, uh, Paul, he talks to the Philippians, um, and, and he sees that, that they're doing a lot of things right. But even with that, he, he knows that they're dangerously close to falling in love with the, the trap, that trap of falling in love with the dream of their community. And it's really smart that he decides to point them towards unity because that's what happens when you're a part of a community that does everything right. It's really easy to fall into that trap of saying, you know, like, we're doing everything right. Like, if we can just keep going on to this, if we can just keep following this person, if we can just keep, you know, like, I like the vision. I like the, the, the picture of themselves that they're putting out there, and you try to connect yourself with that. Um, it's really easy to, to forget to love the people around them. It's really easy to forget to do the dishes, the simple work of just loving the people around you. So Paul says to them in Philippians 2, uh, 1 through 4, he says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, uh, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I think it's important for us, and it's kind of what Paul starts with here, is just reminding ourselves why we are a community. It's important that we keep that in view. For whatever reason that you're listening here this morning, whether you're in here or you're watching online, you are connecting yourself with the South Union community, at least for a brief moment this morning. Um, you are connected in some way. And every time you connect yourself with a community, you're offered a choice. And sometimes it's more compelling than others. But you're offered a choice to either be a part of that community or just kind of see it from the outside and move on. Um, notice how Paul, in his first verse, reminds them how they are connected, why they are connected, why they are a community. He says that they are united with Christ. 
It's pretty simple. Um, It's not crazy, but you are united with Christ. And as a Christian community, it's so important that we remember to keep that in view. We are united with and in Christ. Everyone here that has chosen to follow Jesus, you're united with. Um, And there's a tremendous power in knowing that the people that are sitting in this room are united with you in Christ. Um, that means that we share a purpose to, with, with Christ to establish God's kingdom here on earth, but it also means that we share a desire to become more and more like Jesus. The people in this room all want to become like that same person. That's what we said when we said we want to follow him. We are all trying to become more and more like Jesus. And I know that there are a smorgasbord, that's a good, right? A smorgasbord of people in this room today that with, with different beliefs and different lifestyles and different generations, we're coming from different backgrounds. But despite that, for all of you who follow Jesus, you are united with Christ. And that should not be shrugged off as a cheap cliche or a nice thought, but in fact, it should give us just the encouragement to, to look at the people around us and just remember that these people uh, are willing to, to go in the same direction as me on the thing that matters most. And maybe it's hard for you to feel unity with people, um, even if they follow Jesus, because maybe you, you know they have this political view or that political view. You've seen how they treat people in public. You've seen what they've posted online, and it's hard for you to feel any unity with them at all. Um, maybe you're thinking, if I could just be in a community that's loving or more biblical or, or, or more authentic or, or more missional, then, then I'd be in a perfect community. But remember, don't fall in love with the dream of community that you've made in your head. Don't love the dream more than you love the people. You are united with Christ. And I know that's easier said than done, right? Especially if the people you see claiming Christ don't seem to live like him very much. They don't seem to talk like him very much. They don't seem to be giving an example like him very much. Community, it's not easy. Uh, It's not promised to be. In fact, communities fall apart all of the time for countless reasons. But when Christian community works, it's a beautiful thing. Paul knows that, and he sees it in the church of Philippi. When everyone's on the same page for why we are a community, the next question is, who are we as a community? And Paul kind of paints a picture of the church of Philippi in that first couple of verses. Um, it doesn't, you may not notice it, but uh, he's kind of making a plea to them. Like He's kind of saying, like, hey, if all of these things about you are true, then do this. And so all these things that he's saying about them are true. He knows them to be true because he's heard people talk about the church of Philippi. Uh, he, he knows that from experiencing uh, living with them. And so... Uh, he knows that they're, they not only follow Christ, but are passionate about it. He knows that they are encouraged by being united with Christ. He knows um, that, that they are aware of the difference Jesus' love has made in their life, and they celebrate it. He knows that they're thankful for their community, and that they're tender and compassionate. That is the church of Philippi that Paul knows and he's heard about. Um, and, and even with that glowing resume, he goes on to, to say, 
don't forget about this other thing. Uh, even though you have all these other things right, it's still easy to get this wrong. And he's begging for them to not forget about it. He's saying, uh, love, love the people in your community. Um, so many of us try to be part of a community uh, just by showing up, just by coming in and sitting down um, and watching from the outside. And we say, well, I don't know why I'm not connected. I don't know what's going on here. Like, I'm, I'm showing up. I'm, I'm watching the things. And for some of us, maybe, that, maybe that's enough. But, but the, we don't feel like, you know, there's no deep sense of community there. Um, it, we, we like the message. We like the look, the music, or the location. But if you're not loving the people around you in real and practical ways, um, th- then the community that you have, if you're that is, is the community that you think you have, it's false. It's not real. If Paul were to describe maybe the, the identity of South Union, he might say uh, that, that church, they, they know, they're aware of Christ's love and the difference that it's had on their life, and they celebrate it. Uh, they are a house of prayer. They make disciples who make disciples. They have a preacher who tells really funny jokes. Um, maybe those are some of the reasons why you chose to come to South Union, why you chose to make South Union uh, part of your community, to make it your community. But Paul tells us the same thing, even with all those things. Don't forget to love people. Don't forget to love people here. Be like-minded. Have the same love. Be one in spirit, one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And if we're not doing that, whatever sense of community we have, it's going to fall apart. So how do we create community? How do we uh, love the people around us in real and practical ways? How do we do the dishes? What dishes need to be done? What are we letting stack up? Um, let me make this clear because uh, I, I want you to know that we, we want you to create community for your sake. I want you to create community for your sake. This isn't a plea for us to, you know, uh, draw the church in and, and get them more involved, you know, for our benefit. Um, I know that following Christ, that life in Christ is best lived in the context of community. I want it for your sake. Um, and in any sort of community, it requires service. Uh, it requires giving part of yourself to it. You have to be willing to, to, you know, commit a little bit. You have to be willing to give part of your time, part of your talent. Otherwise, you're just showing up. Uh, you need to learn to value the needs of others over your own. When we're in a group of people that are committed to doing that, it not only gives us life, um, but it also continues to shape us more and more to be more and more Christ-like. In a world where we see so much evil and brokenness, and it's easy to get torn down uh, over the things that we see happening in and outside of the church, um, it's more important than ever to have a community that you can call your own, a community that reminds you um, on a personal level that God's still working, that there's still good, um, that there's hope, that there's, uh, that there's still people, that there are still faithful followers of Jesus that you 
know. Because if you're out there on your own, it's really easy to lose sight of that and really easy to lose hope. Um, it's really easy to think, what am I even doing? Um, who, who else is following Jesus? Like, is this even real? Uh, and you can forget that. And, and if you don't have a community to look to, to remind you of that um, on, on a personal level, um, it's really easy to feel empty and lost and hopeless. Um, like I said at the beginning, a lot of what we're doing here at South Union is creating avenues for you to experience Christian community. And for some of you, that may look like being in a small group. Um, that may look like helping in the kids' ministry or the youth ministry. It may look like helping um, just cook meals for people, showing up and, and just doing odd jobs for people around town in our, in our community, in our church. Um, it can look a lot of different ways. Maybe you'd be interested in being part of the worship team or the tech team or the greeter team. Um, no matter what it is, it's important that you do more than just show up. Even if you did every bit of programming that we did, um, if you're not willing to love the people that are around you, um, the community is going to be false. It's not going to feel real to you. You're never going to get connected. If you want to make South Union your community, you need to be willing to invest in the people here. You can't just like the idea of South Union. You need to love the people at South Union. You need to do the dishes figuratively, and maybe literally sometimes. I mean, we have a kitchen. Sometimes there's dishes to do. Um, it can be that easy, right? Um, if Paul, uh, what Paul says to the Philippians, the plea he makes, I want to make that same plea to you this morning. If Jesus has made any difference in your life, uh, if you've seen, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, uh, find a way to love the people in your community. Find a way to put other people's interests above your own. Last week, Jimmy talked about heaven and, and how heaven uh, is all about the things of God. And if you're not interested in the things of God, then you're probably not going to be that interested in heaven. Um, and, and it's so important to remember, what is God interested in? God's interested in, in people. He's interested in, in spreading his love and joy and peace and truth and justice and grace here on earth. And he's interested in us being a part of that with him. And if you're not uh, practicing those things now, um, then, then you're not going to be interested in those things when that time comes. Uh, church isn't just like a waiting room for us to come in and take our seat and wait until we get to heaven, right? Like it is a community where we get to work together with God and bring his kingdom here on earth. And we get to be a part of that. Like, isn't that so exciting that we get to be a part of what God is doing here and we get to do that with other people? And it starts with loving the people around you. Knowing the names of the people around you, making plans with the people in this room around you, forgiving the people around you, supporting the people around you in their ups and their downs and whatever life throws their way. Following Jesus has never been an individual experience, and if you try to do it that way, you're going to end up hopeless and empty and lost. If Jesus has made any difference in your life, the least you can do is love the people around you. Paul goes on 
in Philippians 2 to say, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Um, I love that because it's just very, uh, you know, blank. It's just right out there. In your relationships with one another, uh, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then he tells us the mindset that Christ Jesus had. Um, He says, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And if our king humbled himself, surely we can humble ourselves too. Otherwise, who is it that we're following, right? If we can't humble ourselves even to each other. When we come around the table, we get a chance to be reminded why we are united. We get a chance to see each other as equals. We get to look around who we are in the room with and and be reminded that we are united with them and be all the more thankful for his grace. Dear God, uh, I pray that as we uh, come around the table this morning, um, that that we really do look around at the people that are in the room with us, God. Um, That you search our hearts and just give us the boldness to reach out. Give us the boldness to make a connection, to forgive if we need to forgive. Um, I pray that this community can just come closer and closer as we grow closer to you. And let it start here. In Jesus' name, amen.